BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everybody. My name is Danny Palumbo. With me is my co-host, James Austin Johnson. And welcome to the Macaroni Zone, the podcast that feels like being rip shit drunk in the passenger seat of your friend's car and eating a nice, warm Whataburger honey, honey butter chicken biscuit. I was going to say a Cajun filet biscuit from Bojangles with pimento cheese added. Is that an actual order That's from? An actual order. Can you get pimento cheese? You can get pimento added? cheese because a lot of a lot of the drive-throughs will have pimento cheese options. This to me is, I think pimento cheese, Danny, is going to be a little bit like Nashville hot, okay, breading style. I think this is going to be a trend in sort of in culinary. I think you're going to start seeing. I mean, I don't know where it's going to start. If it's going to go, mm-hmm. you're going to tell me this. If this, th- these things come from the top down, normally, if yeah. like uh, you know a, a Sean Brock or somebody like yeah. that uh, uh, brings an upscale, an upscale pimento cheese. So this is sort yeah. of a deconstruction of a pimento well, cheese. Well, it first of all, as you are starting to sound like Trump a little bit sometimes in your speech because you said it's going to be big in culinary. <laughs> it, we, it's going to be so huge with culinary <laughs> that you're going to be doing. Pimento cheese. Excuse me, Danny. People love pimento cheese. It's a mayonnaise with the sh- with the cheddar shreds and the little peppers. I will tell you what is working in your favor, and that is that I feel like within the last year, pimento cheeseburgers, p- pimento cheese cheeseburgers have burgers. been sort of, I don't know, a fad or a trend, but I've seen lots of people doing them. It's a little bit them. of a trend. Yeah. It's not like a full it's not like the Nashville hot thing where you're like, okay, fucking calm Those down. recipes are floating around. They're floating around. And uh I tell you what what will not take off is just straight up a pimento cheese sandwich because that because there's nothing. You have to have been People don't born, want mayonnaise and bread. You have to have been born in Tennessee and they they immediately handed you a pack of cigarettes and told you to work in a mine in Kentucky or what something. What kind of cigarettes do they smoke in Tennessee? In Tennessee, Nis- Winston it- Reds. Ooh. Or, or, no, no, the 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 what's the what's the Newport Reds? What about Cool with a K? Cool. Definitely. I used to smoke those when I was uh, I hate a, a, a pilled out line cook. I would smoke uh, Cools. Menthol cigarettes are so yucky. They're disgusting. I cigarettes are yucky. I can't believe I ever had the habit of smoking cigarettes. It's also bizarre that so many cooks and chefs that I've known have smoked them because I'm like, now when I do it, now I last smoked a cigarette probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, ruins your taste Everything. buds, your sense of smell. They say it, that's why London loves Indian food so much because they love to smoke and oh. drink all night. And then what do you eat? 
after all of that destroying your mouth, but the most fragrant and floral and aromatic, you know, curries and, and things like that. That's that apparently sense. some of the secret of the success of the tikka, the tikka dish. Did you get uh, a honey butter chicken biscuit on your travels? At Whataburger? When, when we do pull through a Whataburger, my wife is a Texan, so she right. was raised on Whataburger. I was not into Whataburger as a kid because one time I got my Whataburger, it had mustard on it. And as a child, I said, mustard is Is that bad. how it comes? I like their burger, but I don't even really remember. Burger. It is a good burger. It's better than the other guys. There is a raging probably pointless debate uh, you know about what a burger in in and out and i don't really know i don't know why people need to need Pits to s- yeah stamp to, their feet right. about in and out right shut up it's it is not well, a bad restaurant burger it is a good mcdonald's sit your ass down it is the mcdonald's <laughs> burger done well so shut the fuck up well a smash it isn't it a little bit different than a McDonald's? I mean, it's a, I think it's it a is smash the, burger. It's I think a, it's the good. It's a probably probably the perfected the perfected McDouble McDonald's McDouble. Yeah, and the I think it's the freshness of the veg that is what makes it good. I think where Whataburger scores major points uh, is the little things they do. Uh, Texas toast, you the, know, they're the a bread. restaurant. They're a restaurant Jesus, that has the bread biscuits. Uh, the biscuits. As you, I get the chicken tenders with the gravy. Because it's yes. a Texas thing. Yes. We've talked yeah, about this. We've talked about this, yeah. With the sauces that uh-huh. come with tenders. I'm waiting for sawmill gravy to be just a standard dipping sauce for chicken tenders. Across the across globe. The, across the globe, really. Yeah. With the chicken tenders, first of all, I used to dip that shit in ketchup. What was wrong with me? I look back on yeah. some of the people I've dated and also sticking chicken tenders in ketchup, and I go, who was that man? That is the most basic Dipping sauce for tenders, right? It would I, be ketchup. It would be ketchup. To me, it's honey mustard. That to me oh, is the yeah. base chicken. See, tender I don't know sauce. if I ever crave. I'll do honey mustard in a tender. Some people want honey mustard on their salads, and it's who hurt oh, you? Oh, I love what it. is wrong Danny, with you? Here's what it is. You grew up in an abusive my household. Wife, my wife and I have driven around LA looking for the specific salad that we always want. It's an iceberg. Salad. It's not honey mustard. With t- yes, it is. It's an iceberg <laughs> salad with cherry tomatoes and shredded cheddar cheese and chicken tenders, and you you cover it in honey mustard. Yeah. This is a salad that you get at um, Zaxby's, which is like a chicken tender place in the southeast. Cracker Barrel has this salad. Lots of yes. Lots of like soul food adjacent. I guess what you would call white soul food or southern food or whatever. Yeah. A lot of those places. Black, uh, like the black places have them too. Like the soul food places have this chicken tender salad that I'm talking about, this honey mustard. Hmm. This is like a Southern thing, I think. And it's so hard to find in LA. And you find it at Zaxby's too. That's a salad you crave? It's a salad I crave all the time. I make it at home. I have to make my own fucking honey mustard. I, oh, I make- went to Buffalo Wild Wings and the lady looked at me like, honey mustard? They didn't have honey mustard really? at Buffalo fucking Wild Wings. That is wild. We have raspberry That's- vinaigrette. Yeah. Oh, go Fuck jump up you. your mother. What am I at? My friend's wedding? <laughs> raspberry <laughs> vinaigrette. <laughs> Give me a honey wedding. mustard now. Right now. Hold on. You're not a catering company called uh, uh, Jammy and Bean. Okay. <laughs> Something and something. Yeah. Clover I, and dude, honeysuckle. When I, think, when I think of bad wedding food, I think of raspberry vinaigrette and I think of chicken cordon bleu, which 
chickens. Some sort of stuffed chicken dish. Ab- absolutely. Because yeah. it's, you know why? It's easy to mass produce for the kitchen. You do and a, it feels you like do, you did you, something. You do 120. They all go in the oven at the same time. You're plating factory line style. There's no. Because who? I, it's you like know. you want to be like, we just wanted to pound flat some chi- some boneless chicken thighs for all your guests. And the yeah. bride goes, you got to do something more than that. <laughs> and then they look and they see a bunch of like ham and cheese Uncrustables or something. Yeah. We, we can hollow out the disgusting deli meats and uh, cheeses from these child's meals and <laughs> shove them into those little chicken thighs. You know what salad I crave is just a, a, a deli deli style side salad. Like, um, if I could build the salad, build the salad youth, for me. In my it mind. would be uh, probably mixed greens. Mixed what green? are mixed greens? Spring probably, mix. Yeah, spring mix. Yeah, like iceberg and and uh, uh, spinach or romaine, like a combination of that. Dark and leafy. You look down, you go, I'm getting some vitamins Ooh, today. Dark, I can yeah, do whatever I want for dinner. Yeah, that dark green's good for my body. Olives, uh, banana pepper rings. You lost me. Right raw raw red onions. And Italian dressing. Now, me, I mix Italian dressing and ranch together. That's not creamy ranch. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking Italian about Italian dressing and, and, ranch. and ranch. Mix them both together. Huh? It doesn't create the consistency of creamy ranch. It's its own thing, and it's very good. But that is that is like the uh, uh, I don't want to say East Coast because like Pittsburgh is clearly not East Coast. It's some weird fucked up hilljack version of like you know philadelphia i'm just I'm but just it's a, synonymous with with those uh, pizza joints i'm home. imagining a sort of wishbone or like one of those one of those really gummy pre-prepared uh, uh, uh plastic bottle salad dressings that italian Ken's. dressing Ken's. I, Ken's Ken's is the brand the steakhouse yeah. Ken's. I, I i i don't want that italian dressing Mixed no, with nobody wants that as as processed a ranch. When I imagined it, I just like ugh, just the coating on my lips and tongue as you described that salad dressing. I was like, no. There's a there's a uh, I, I I grew up with uh, my grandmother lived in my house. Southern cook. She's very good. Didn't understand any culture outside of like the South and and you know mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And I was looking through a recipe book one time and I found a recipe for salsa called for. You guessed it. Italian dressing. Disgusting. Embarrassed. But she was a very good cook outside of that, but like literally clueless when it came to cooking anything, you know, Latin or any other culture. But that recipe called for Italian dressing. Well, the the the, the recipes of the um of the great of the MAGA times, of the like the times when we were great in the fifties, you know, when yeah, sure. we did horrible things to every ethnicity as white yeah. people and yeah, all yeah. of these things and and then good good news that stopped, Dave. Totally and there were no stopped. more atrocities after that. We're a good country. Um but in the fifties, all of these recipes were built around like convenience and make sure your your kids are filled up because they're coming off wartime they're coming off depression mm-hmm. they're like you should you should cook your husband an eight egg omelet for dinner <laughs> you should make lasagnas every night all yeah. of these meals in the 50s when you look at those old cookbooks they're full of process bullshit and it's all about like filling the family and heartiness and it's like everything took 16 eggs everything was mayonnaise yeah buy it buy it. What, what what's that weird what's that other goop uh salad cream Salad Sa- cream. Salad. You ever cream. heard of salad cream? I have not. You'll James. see that pop up on some of those like chopped and stuff like that. I don't want to get. I don't want to get too off topic here, but sure, sure, ev- right. everything you're describing right now mm-hmm. is the reason there was two food writers. I think in the eighties, maybe before that, but they were writing about Julia Child's legacy. Okay, and they called her a traitor to American values. 
Uh, and they were the only huh? people that gave Julia Child shit right. and criticism. Uh-huh. Carl and Karen Hess. We know we know Carl Hess, but there's another Carl Hess who's a food writer. And uh, he and his wife wrote this scathing thing about Julia Child saying all she did was uh, advertise and promote these very fatty, uh, uh, processed foods. Huh. And her recipes were bad for people. And back then, whenever they wrote this, they talked about her like she betrayed the country. And I was like, because the opposite of what you hear about Julia Child. And uh, I was like, wow, very interesting. Very hard on her. Uh, you know, I'm, She's teaching French cuisine, which is all butter and eggs and sugar and yeah, salt. But those things here are bad because they're all fucking processed. Exactly. We have bad worse. eggs. You can't, you can't apply the French concept <laughs> I know. to American food and, and hope for that. The reason I brought up the Whataburger honey butter chicken biscuit is because I am uh, writing an article for the takeout soon about the thing and i've just been thinking yeah. about it a lot i love chicken biscuits and, and honey honey in a biscuit yeah. honey and chicken the first thing that came to my mind was that at its core the honey butter chicken biscuit is like the town drunk wasting one of his genie wishes on a sandwich like that's what that's what that's what it up. feels like. yeah that's what oh it feels if like. you saw one it's... floating in the <laughs> middle of an alley right. during a bender <laughs> You wouldn't even care that a demon yeah. was making it levitate. You would walk right up and be swallowed by a succubus for a bite of that sandwich. God, I, I, I want to talk to your wife about this now because i i didn't have the I didn't have cable when I lived in Austin. I lived in Austin, Texas, for five years, but I had the radio ads, uh-huh. and there was always like this very soothing Texan voice doing yeah. the voiceover. There was a commercial I just looked up. The honey and it was like chicken biscuit. Yeah, this guy was like, "You stole my voice, Jackson. <laughs> I sold the pecan farm." This guy goes, uh, "He goes, is it possible to put a square peg in a round hole? Well, if that square peg is a Whataburger patty melt and that hole is your kisser, then hell yeah!" <laughs> it was like something like that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is amazing." People love Texas. People yeah. love Texas. Is is great, and I think. Texas, well, Texas is now California. It's California too. It's gonna be California. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. but people still like Texas as an identity. It feels really like because Texas was its own country, and it was the Wild West, and it was anti-American for a long time. It was Texas. It was its yeah. own sovereign nation, and I, that appeals to a lot of American flag people. Is an anti-American sentiment. I mean, talk yeah. capital well, riots yeah. much. So I think it, that's how we're going to get Medicare for all is you just call it Texas style healthcare, <laughs> and people and will people get, will be people oh, will hear the, yeah they'll think it's wearing a big cow uh, they'll picture a doctor with a stethoscope and a ten gallon hat yeah and uh, it'll have a little pico de gallo on it with you know maybe <laughs> with a with a chicken tender on a flour tortilla. I look at living in Texas kind of like doing mushrooms a little bit. Like I'm I'm glad to say that I did it. Yeah. But you know, it's not it's not for me. I, I like I like being like I lived in Texas for five years. That was fucking crazy. Yeah. Why did, I, why did I do that? I picked up all of my things from Pennsylvania and I moved to Texas. Well, it which wasn't just the, Texas. It was one of those big cities where they had Well, it was stuff. Austin. It wasn't like a, you're right. Okay, you're right. It's still Texas though. You moved to the Seattle of Texas. That's you true. moved to the, I, I I moved to the Portland of Texas. A liberal sanctuary. And was like, I'm in Texas, but it's very, I mean, you are. it's very forgiving. But it's also it's it's the part of Texas that people from Los Angeles and in New York moved to to start a start a funky stitching 
stitching business. We'll stitch your pug into <laughs> into some vintage jeans. I move I move my family down to Austin in in the uh, in the streamlined trailer that we redid one summer because we were old money fucks and have a lot of time. I think that's all going away now. You think it's all going away? I think it's in new Austin? money. I think it's I think it's it's going to be. I think that city is. I was just there for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. I think that city's growing up. Yeah. And I think that it it was definitely Peter Pan for a long time uh-huh. and I loved it. I had a great time wasting my 20s there. Sure. It was so fucking fun. Oh yeah. Um but now I think it's like okay, put your big boy pants on. I mean, you know, there's going to be all oh, yeah. these tech companies there. Even comedy-wise is like, you know, as far as everything I know, there's yeah. going to be like there's going to be four fucking comedy clubs there and people are going to go there for their career, not to like, yeah. you know, Get all fucking drunk and figure out their voice. Like, it's not lo- yeah, it's not yeah, a sub it's gonna be city different. No, 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 no. Well, anymore. No, it's not. It's not a. It's not a sub city. You're right. Th- Portland will always kind of be a sub city. It'll never be. Yeah. Seattle or or San Francisco. What's the? I think I think Denver is like kind of the, the sub city. I think of or San Francisco maybe or Denver. I, yeah, I I'm know. one of those. We people, talked about this. Yeah, I yeah. think Denver is a little overrated. What have you never been to a microbrewery before? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember my first joint. Get over it. It's bizarre. I talk to people there and I'm like, what is why can no one describe to me like what what the food scene is? Like, what do you guys know? When you think about Denver, you're like Denver food. You're like, what the Chili fuck? Verde uh pork, but that's New but Mexico. That could be New Mexico. Exactly. So I'm like, what is what is like uniquely Denver? And I don't fucking know. You yeah. got um, Austin and Nolan? I know this answer. Sorry, oh, Nolan. Well, our producer, Chime Nolan. In. What is the answer? In Denver, they love nuggets. Nuggets? <sighs> All right. Is that a serious answer, That's a though? joke. Is, is, does, it ha- does it have to do? That's that a joke. It's hard on Denver. Denver is an incidental city. There's just nothing around it. You that's why. There. That's literally yeah. our point. Our point know, is yeah. you just of... got to the first cool area in <laughs> hours. And you suddenly said, yeah. Shangri-La. It's like, no, you just drove through the Rockies in February. No, and you were psyched to I think people were coming get to your east. Airbnb. Denver is where the mountains begin. And a lot of them are just like, maybe we just call it good here. Going through the mountains to hit the ocean was going to be a hard time. That's what I'm saying. Let's Denver is this, Salt Lake City. city. It's they, nothing much. Salt Lake City's the same in reverse, right? They drink, the sa- they drink the same one beer. Yeah. They drink Coors. Oh. And they eat burritos and hamburgers, and as far and th- and that's all I know about that's Denver. All, about Denver, yeah. I would think they would be like a huge like. I'm not steak, talking shit. St- I, I would think it would be like a huge steakhouse city, or there'd be like a lot of thick Palm Springs game or something. Right? Like I'm like, yeah, maybe big potatoes, something. You know what I mean? Shrimp, yeah. sh- uh, sh- uh, yeah. uh, a, a shrimp cocktail. Rocky Mountain oysters. They got they got their own. Thing. They got the Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah, but you you would think that even Palm Springs, which is in the middle of nowhere, a created town. They created it just for Frank Sinatra to oogle 19-year-olds or whatever in his old age. <laughs> and they they created this town out of nothing, and it has a culinary identity. That it, is true. It has a Palm Spring-style steakhouse. Is, that is very true. I immediately can picture eight dishes that are like Palm Springs-type things. Really? And I can't do that for Denver. I can do the chili verde pork, and that's where it ends. Yeah, and then and then it's I what you're talking about. It's food truck shit, which you can get any fucking. It's weird. Way. I mean, right? The, the craft beer thing worked outward from Denver, maybe. Okay, I mean, craft beer, sure, but that doesn't fill up my tummy, Nolan. Um, 
You know, I'm Good. I'm looking That's for things problem. that would fill up my tummy. You know. Rocky Mountain oysters. Rocky Mountain oysters. I guess that's the answer. Thank you, Nolan. That's I know. I mean, Rocky I, Mountain oysters. Yeah. Is... I'm sure. I'm sure uh, somebody will set us in our place, and I yeah. hope they do because I want to know. Humble us. Humiliate us about Denver, please. And I have, we uh, beg of you. Oh God. Well, I'm. A, I would love to be humiliated about. Whip Denver. me, mommy. <laughs> Tie me up and give me a talking to about Denver. I'd love for that Resident Evil vampire lady <clears throat> to just stomp my balls and tell me why Denver's great. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the Macaroni Zone. Uh, we've wasted the first 18 minutes up top. Uh, real quick, I think this is going to be our first episode. We've, Hi, welcome to our first episode. We've, we've done some testers, but they were a little underdone. More like and testees. Uh, I wasn't a fan ooh. of those episodes. I thought they were balls. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, for the my, my name is Danny Palumbo. I am a, a food writer and comedian and cook. And uh, for, the, for the longest time, I have wanted to have a podcast for people that liked comedy and also were like food nerds for people that, you know, fans of stand up or sketch or whatever the hell. And, and they watched J. Kenji Lopez alt videos. And exactly. That's, and that's when I recruited my good pal, James Austin Johnson, who, as far as I can tell, you are a food savant. I'm a food fan. Food we don't fan. say foodie in this house, Danny. Do oh, we? we do not. We don't say foodie because foodie conjures up the image of, uh, of a, uh, one of those, uh, uh, the guy who, not the great Gatsby, but the guy who was in love with the great Gatsby. I picture that guy standing in line for a $12 bulgogi burrito in a parking lot somewhere. Damn. That to me is what a foodie is. Is the bulgogi burrito, an, that's an actual thing. It is? Sure, Kore- yeah, Korean. I know one in this town that I like I'm a sure lot, Mexico Danny. City does an amazing bulgogi burrito somewhere. They're, oh, yeah. they're doing. They're doing does everything, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. oh, that's going to be my next big food trip is Mexico City. I was City. thinking the same thing. There's, from everything I've heard, it's like there's every type of fusion there, and it's yeah. good. Because it yeah. makes, it's not coming from some pretentious place. I'm like, it's just like very fucking good. Oh, yeah. And I've heard specifically that like Korean, Mexican Interesting. It's like, like huge. There. Well, Korean Mexican is huge here in Los Angeles. You got Koreatown, yeah. which is a vibrant Latino community and a vibrant Korean community coming together to tell you to put Tapatio on this KBBQ. And of course, the flavors work together. Let's see where it goes from there. Bulgogi burrito would be fucking amazing. It is good. I know one here in town at Cha Cha Chili. There's a place in El Sereno called Cha Cha Chili. This is yeah. a this is that's a guy ate here spot. That's a Fieri spot. Okay. They, oh, they've got the boy, stamp on love. the wall. My my fairy spot is uh Polka Polish um in Glassell Park, I think. Okay. But he yeah, he specifically uh was what, what he signs them. It's always like keep on trucking, Polish gang or whatever. He says something weird in all of them. I don't huh. know. He's got like a All I know signature. is the stencil that they put on the wall and it says guy was here and there's like this oh, stencil that's of, right. like a, of a like a Lego Fieri Oh, see this was like hit. a picture like an oh yeah. yeah. So they might he must have his people oh, send yeah. them. I see them at um I see them at uh uh all the time when I'm back in Nashville. He, you know, he always goes to Nashville's a big food town, you know. Yeah. And uh um you see the guy on the wall and you know this place is going to be you know this place is going to have kind of a very boring food demo done of one of their dishes. I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to do it again. Episode where he was in Pittsburgh, and he's eating some halushki, and this guy is like, this is the best halushki I've ever had, including my mom's. 
And Guy Fieri looks at the camera and then looks back at the guy. <laughs> like he has it. He has the line loaded. He's quick on his feet. He has it. He goes, "Boy, your mom's gonna kick your kabuski when she finds out about this halushki." <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time. I will watch the clip. How is month. he not president? And then he does the full like wheeze laugh. He goes, <laughs> "Yeah, it's amazing, amazing clip." How is he not president? Is a good point. Well, here's the thing. I think that door wasn't open before, and now we're like, oh, we've, okay. we've opened the door for a guy Fieri. All right, mate. We've opened the door for a lot of people. Fieri uh, Guarnaschelli, 2024. Wow. Alex Guarnaschelli. That'd be a relatively progressive ticket. I mean, maybe you know, family family values. Family values, straight for up. sure. For I don't sure. know much about Alex Guarnaschelli. Um, Alex Guarnaschelli, you know, she's an Iron Chef. Uh, I yeah. should I should sort of delineate some of my um, food bona fides. Uh, I consume a lot of food network and food yes. media. Uh, I I read a lot of re- I cook a home cook. I read recipes a lot, yeah. and uh, I try to teach myself shit. My dad probably got me into cooking. My my dad tried to get me into cooking when I was younger. I didn't get into cooking until I moved far away from my family and had to eat for no money. I think that's really where I, where all of the sort of swamp dog millionaire style, everything my dad ever said to me about food started to fall into place for me (laughs) and I would get things right, you know. I think everybody fancies themselves a food fan. Again, no foodie house. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a food fan. You're a food fan. You wouldn't have clicked on this unless you liked food. 100%. We recently both took trips back home. You went to Nashville. I went to Pittsburgh. I went to Nashville, and I watched my dad fall asleep to Sam the Cooking Guy videos on a big screen every night. That is... You know what? That's. I think that's fine. That's what I'm doing on my phone sometimes. Sometimes I can't sleep, and I get to a point to where I am actually watching Sam the Cooking Guy. I watch things I hate sometimes to fall uh, asleep, which is a little embarrassing and You hate not Sam healthy. the Cooking Guy. I don't know if I hate him, but I... I watch it to oftentimes roll my eyes. Oh, for sure. And here's the thing. I'll tell you what I like. I am super impressed with this guy's outdoor kitchen. Where oh. it's almost infuriating. Oh, it, it it's like it's like it's, whatever the whatever the inverse of a man cave is, it's sort of like a man <laughs> yeah. uh peninsula or something. Like what's the outdoor version of the man cave? Because that's what this guy has. This guy has the the ideal outdoor kitchen Huge, guy like thing. mongolian grill i would love to have the fucking gear in the kitchen that this guy has i would oh it's crazy it's like my dad my san diego canadian cursing dad dream is what this and guy he makes working with uh, god you know you're, he uh, makes like bk stackers from scratch he does which a lot of people are doing and that is just a that is just a trend. It's YouTube. You, pe- That's YouTube cooking. hundred percent. And and some of these people are very good cooks. And they're like, I'm going to make the Whataburger honey butter chicken biscuit, but better. You know what makes me that, turn off? That, that's a whole genre. That's a genre. That's and a whole genre. I The thing, before we keep going, the thing that makes me turn off a YouTube food video, melting cheese. I'm not impressed. I'm not oh, impressed dude. that you liquefy well, cheese. This is something that, you know, I, I this is something I think about a lot is like Instagram cooking. <laughs> is is it is it good for anybody? Is are people learning anything? Is this a fad? Yeah, is, I, is it the, you know the the cheese pull? It's the like great. Pull. What was that? 
what just happened? You just mimicked something you saw in a yeah. pizza commercial. Yeah. And that is not what I ever want my pizza to do. When I saw well, that, I I don't. Pizza, no. Lots of other things, yes. I think I think, I, I think I think a, gr- a grilled cheese, a, a, a mozzarella stick, you want a good cheese pull. I'm not into the the plasticness of food. I'm not into okay. its polymer qualities. I don't I don't want to look at food and think of, hmm, this is what a this is what a guy at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory discovered by dumping two things into a giant yes, vat. That's what it makes you think of? That's what it makes me think. It makes me think of science. It makes me think of like, oh, we're going to make a new kind of Kevlar. It doesn't look it doesn't read as food to me. You know what I mean? I think that processed cheese has a ton of merits and it American cheese. Yeah. And, you know. I like American cheese sometimes. That is what creates pretty much all of those. those Can you name an application? Uh, Plastic, mozzarella, same thing. Can Can I name what? An application of American cheese that that is not disgusting, besides the grilled cheese. Sure, three. Uh, Okay, grilled cheese. Um, Burger? Burger. Burger with the char. Something about the bitterness of the char. Yeah, and mac and cheese. Those are the only three things. So you lay the American cheese down on the mac and cheese when you're done cooking it, and you well, stir it in. Well, American cheese doesn't always come in like a little plastic, you know, like right. little, you know, it comes, it can come in a big brick, right. and you, sh- you, sh- right. yes, it is. Velveeta is an American cheese. So, so you product. shred it in a box grater, uh, yeah. or, or you can cut that thing into fucking giant hunks twice the size of a slice of cheese, and if you have your milk and, and butter like simmering, just gently. Do this with different cheeses. When you have like your milk and your butter simmering for like mac and cheese, sort of like uh, gently drop in a piece of American cheese. Yeah. Watch it just dissipate. Yeah. And then throw in so- throw in something that's not processed. A good cheese. A good cheese. And just watch it sit there like a fucking block. Yeah. And and not dissolve into your liquid yeah. liquid mixture. So American cheese is great for that reason. And I'll say burgers too, but burgers. I, like a cheddar, uh-huh. a mild cheddar. Yeah. I'm like, why not? Why not do it instead of a shitty American cheese? Yeah, why you not? Could. You could. You, you could. You could do and, a nicer and it would cheese. Improve the quality. I'm just saying, when I think of American cheese, it's just like nothing comes to mind that I'm like, oh, I want American cheese on that. My wife loves American cheese, but I I liked it as a kid. But the thought of the Oscar Mayer ham yeah. and Kraft single American cheese on white nothing, bread makes me nauseous. I, I can't. I've said this many times. There's nothing sadder. Than a ham sandwich. <laughs> there is nothing sadder oh, than a hams. cold ham. No, you can't be cold. Sandwich. You got to do a grilled cheese style. I did a grilled cheese style with the mayonnaise on the outside, pressed, pressed in a hot pan. You got to do a croque madame. You got to do a croque madame. You, you have to at least madame. take it in that direction. You have to. You have to. You can't eggs. have a cold ham sandwich. However, that's the thing. Cold ham sandwich in a, a lunch pail going to work. Sad. Put some potato chips on there. Sad, like season one Jim from The Office. That was his meal that he would take to The Office. It was the cold ham sandwich. I'll I'll cut this out, but I want to ask, have you ever had like good like bar queso like made from a a Velveeta brick? It's like cream of mushroom soup. I was just Velveeta. Velveeta is a little different to me. Velveeta is Velveeta. But it is Velveeta is American processed cheese. It is. So queso might actually be the fourth application, but um, I I don't know that it would have to be American. There are other like types of American cheese that aren't that at all. And they exist in like 
Mexico and elsewhere where they're like processed and they yeah. would be what we would call American cheese, but they're called something else entirely and they use them a lot for ca- I, American cheese like white. I had the best fucking yeah. uh queso yeah. of my life in El Paso at this place. God, it was called like L and J Cafe or something. But clearly just melted cheese. Like and how they did it had to be in like, yeah, a, in like a double boiler, there's like boiling water, and then there's a pot on top of that boiling water. A yellow or a queso or a no, white, white queso. queso. Okay, but when but that cheese was definitely something that was a little more processed and like American. Oh, yeah, and uh, uh, if after it sat there for a little bit, it got like a little solid, but it still had the the pull and everything to it. It was a little more substantial. It wasn't like one of these fucking super milky. Yeah, no. Watery quesos no. that you would get oftentimes in Austin, Texas. Ah. Um, it was a very good, and it made me rethink everything uh, I thought about Tex-Mex because I had I had kind of quietly just shit on Tex-Mex for a long time because when I lived in Austin, it was all like the people in camouflage shorts serving you fajitas yeah. and bad queso. I'm like, yeah. you know, you know, like, you know, when you go to a restaurant, it can be and, like, made very cynically. Wearing, it can every, be made very cynically, very cynic. A hundred percent. You go to a restaurant and there's a bunch of white servers and they're all wearing different t-shirts and you're like, do any of you fucking work here? Do you guys have, <laughs> yeah. a, do you guys have a uniform? Where's the decorum? You, right. A hundred percent. Stop wearing your sh- a shirt from your softball league. Where's the decorum at chili, chili Baja bows. <laughs> Where's the decorum at? at? I need to know if you uh, work here. But I, for the longest time, I had thought, uh, oh, Tex-Mex is just a thing that like white people ruined. And God, that's not it. That's not it at all. It's like, yeah, of course not. But like in my my mind, this place, the uh, L&J Cafe, they also did a fucking amazing menudo. And I'm like, I probably won't go to a Tex-Mex restaurant again Unless they do like something like until they have like actual that. Mexican food there yeah, too. Sure, it was a have... combination of both. Right, right. I don't want to go to Trudy's, you know, uh-huh. in Austin. Some listeners might understand. I see. I always want Tex-Mex here in LA. That's something I have trouble finding. Is the kind of Tex-Mex that yeah. I want, which is sure. Uh, uh, Chewy's. You know the chain restaurant Chewy's. I do. I always want Chewy's style fucking like family after Wednesday night church before Wednesday night church style. Okay. I didn't realize there was church on Wednesdays. There's Wednesday night church, which is like the fun one where you can wear a polo shirt. Come on. That's why it's fun. It's that's the youth group night where they sing the sexy songs. Yeah. About making out with God. You know, they let Wednesday you bring night your, church. They let you bring in your DS. You're like, I can play video <laughs> games in, in here. They let you bring your switch light. <laughs> Update it for the kids. It's a switch light now. Dude. Okay. You're right. I love my DS. I well, um, here's the thing. I have switch. I don't know why I, I said love yes. Chewy's, and I can't find this Tex-Mex food because you have Home State, which is trying to do Austin. So they have breakfast tacos at Home State, and they're they all named and they're all named after streets in Austin. Streets in Austin, yeah. Just like you know. Anyway, so Home State. My wife and I go there some. She's a Texan. She wants that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. She wants the the hammy pinto beans yeah. that are like a thick pate almost. Oh, and. And uh, I, I like it. The decadence of a refried bean taco. But I'm is. at Homestate, and I want some sort of goofy enchilada dish, too. I want I oh, want to go further in the Tex-Mex direction. And what we have here is actual Mexican food. I, under, I, understand, I understand that. 
yeah, no. you're looking for you're looking for the like carne asada quesadilla like a, or yeah or yeah some of that bar that like bar food yeah you that, want like you want suicide fries not that's not a Tex-Mex thing but, yeah, but you're like, looking for like sloppy ass nachos yeah chimichangas you know chimichangas. Stu- stuff that you don't see in taquitos taquitos also sometimes I do want that shit sometimes I do want that combo plate that's like the taco the pintos uh the 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 little the the lettuce that's just there it's not for the, anything. The iceberg lettuce that's just the, there. The yellow yeah. rice. Yeah. The you know what I mean? That whole plate where it's I'm, like you get one taco, you get one enchilada. I'm okay with all those things if they have flavor. And it, in my experience, a lot of the restaurants that do this type of thing, yeah. they do not have flavor. They don't have flavor. And so I was thinking about L and J Cafe in uh El Paso and I'm like, Wow, I bet their Tex Mex food has flavor. And then I'm like, what is that like? And then I'm like, God, maybe that's just like what Tex-Mex is supposed to be. Um, but I understand fully why you would create those things. And that's totally fine. I don't want to be a yeah. huge food snob, but oftentimes it's bad. You know what I don't like about home state? What's that? And what makes me, and I'm like, oh, you can't be a place serving breakfast tacos if you don't have this type of taco. What is it? It bothers me. Nopales, cactus and eggs. I love cactus and eggs so much. I've never had cactus and eggs. You would... I bought some because I saw it at the grocery store. Okay. But it is, for me, it is an ingredient that I would love to see be a little more prevalent in all types of cooking because it makes sense. It's kind of a cross between a bell pepper and an onion. I was about it's to a, say, it's it a looks little, bell peppery when it's for cooked. For sure. It's, it's a little bitter. It's got slime-like okra that you have to cook off. Right. But for me, like the like I love flavors that I enjoy, I'm like, Dude, Nepales is fucking dope. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and I, I, I want when I go like to places in Austin, I am looking specifically for like a chorizo and egg, maybe a potato and egg. Yeah, and then a cactus and egg. And most places there have it, and I have not seen it that often the here. Nepales, which is interesting yeah. because there is uh, it, like the one the home state. There's a home state in Highland Park, and Highland Park is a Latino neighborhood. It's yep. rapidly being gentrified by <laughs> restaurants like Homestate, yep. but uh, and people like me who go to Homestate sometimes. But um, uh, it's uh, there's a huge population in Highland Park that would eat a cactus taco. You've yeah. got that's part of the diet of that neighborhood. You have all these little markets that have nopales. Why aren't you dicing that up and putting it in eggs? Not a lot of people are doing breakfast tacos either. Do you see a lot of breakfast it's burritos? Wild. You have breakfast burritos. You see a, lot, a lot of breakfast burritos, but I don't. Maybe I just need to explore more and see if they're doing a lot of cactus. Hey, James, let me ask you a question. If no. cancel culture is real, okay, how come Subway still is in business? If cancel culture is real, yeah, how come Subway sandwiches, yeah, is still in business? Why? Because they've had controversies like. We put yoga mat filling in our shitty bread, or uh, it feels like Subway eat fresh. <laughs> that shit ain't fresh. We made this in 1989. It feels like a few times a year there's an article that comes out, yeah, that is like this is awfully damning, and yeah. then nothing happens. And nothing it's already happens. happened a few times this year. One, uh, they just got a lawsuit, I think, a few weeks ago. Uh, that their tuna is, in fact, not tuna. And they went to a bunch of California what? subways, and they said they found no traces of tuna. 
What that is it? That it's not tuna. They don't. I don't know if they said or they said various concoctions. This is what they said. <laughs> they found it to be. Hold on, this is gonna get interesting. They said it, they found it to be a bunch of various concoctions. Subway. Complete not denial. Imagine a imagine a man that got canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was like, and he's like, that woman, that didn't happen. She's lying. Subway does this. Pivots does the same thing. Says, our tuna is one hundred percent tuna. Yeah. Your uh, lab tests are wrong. Yeah. In fact, the front page of their website right now says, I'm going to read it. <laughs> but you, so you know you go on the website and it's like an ad hits yeah. you before like you can yeah. order anything. You have to click the X. I hate when they make me do that. Well, this is the front page of their website. 100% real wild-caught tuna. 100% delicious. Save 50% on any one tuna footlong in the app or online with promo code. It's real. That's so the front page. So in, in response to this lawsuit, they have since, if you Google Subway, it's the first thing that comes up too. Subway, 100% real wild t- caught tuna. That's like saying Jared Fogle didn't do anything wrong. Kids meals at Subway are now 30% <laughs> off with, with well, promo code Subway Kids. All right. <laughs> Subway, I love kids. Oh. No. Subway kid lovers. I don't know if it's just like that. But it's it's one hundred percent wild caught just like that, Danny. It says hundred percent real, which is like something where you're like, Oh yeah, that's hundred percent real. <laughs> like yeah, very much that's, alive. That's one of those uh that's one of those like fast food gambits that it's like this was definitely a marketing thing created in house. Yeah. Because this is not giving you this is like the Kendall Jenner uh Pepsi ad. This is like Taco Bell saying our ground beef is 88% beef. Like that's going to make us feel good about it. But here's my point. Taco Bell, McDonald's, Wendy's, all these places, when they get called out, they go, ah, my bad. You're right. It was was great F meat. We're going to change it. Subway is like, no. It's It's real. It's real. We don't care. You know, they're like, the Me Too movement's out of control. And like, that's their stance. I know. But- is there any validity to this? I'm curious. Because one of the things that I did was uh, look up the yoga mat thing. Because I'm like, how many fucking scandals yeah. has Subway had? Look up the yoga mat thing. And I'm looking about it. And they're like, listen, this chemical they use, it's in everything. It's in, it's everything. It's, it's, it's in, it's in Wonder Bread. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so funny. Because we look at Wonder Bread as being like, ah, that's food from my youth. Yeah. And like we put it on this like really nostalgic sort of pedestal. Why aren't we getting right. a posse together to storm uh Phineas Wonderbread's mansion and uh and burn it down? Is that what you're saying? Supreme Court in um I think I is it Ireland? Ireland Supreme Court recently ruled out ruled that the Subway's bread isn't bread. Can't call it bread. They said you can't call it bread. Huh. Because it's too much sugar. And then Subway representative said uh, I think the quote was, clearly, this is bread. Or obviously, this is bread. It's so funny. He's defending. They're like, you can't call it bread. And he's like, let me look at it. It It, it is bread. But yeah. it's by their standards, Ireland standards. Yeah. Too much sugar. So it's like, are there a series of hit pieces against Subway? Probably. Yeah. I don't think they're wrong. I'd like to see that place just fucking... Burn to the ground. Subway sucks. Subway sucks. It's it's one, it's one of those things where it's like 
oh no, don't take Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> it's like oh, you have to have actually drank kids' blood to want to defend yeah. someone like Harvey Weinstein. And that's what I feel like that's with Subway. Subway. It's like, who's rushing to their aid? Who's going to agree with you? Yeah, I guess it's a little... This is a bad restaurant. It's a little more complicated than that because... No, simplify things to my extreme viewpoint at all times, Danny. Because it is a cheap source of food and, you know, they exist. But yeah, if you're, I, I look at fast food places a little differently now because I used to say this. Right. I used to say, like, why the fuck would you eat McDonald's and you're right. like, oh god, that's probably a little elitist. You know, there's tons, there's, there's tons of, you know. Uh, I think uh, back on McDonald's. I yeah. am a McDonald's eater. Yeah, I have we've, my we've, things that I eat at McDonald's. Yeah, we've we've come back around on it for sure. But listen, my point is, uh, you know, if all these articles didn't do it, and their spokesperson who is deeply affiliated with the company uh-huh. being tried and arrested for child pornography and Mm-hmm. pedophilia yeah if that's not enough if subway's still in business i'm like you cannot cancel subway you won't be able to do it you can't they're do it. gonna they won't die they won't they, they won't die. i have a sorry i have an in the weeds question yeah. i used to work at subway and no. i heard the seafood sandwich i don't remember a tuna sandwich see the tuna was stirred into what was obviously fake crab and no one would pretend it was real crab so I don't know why. Well, Im- imitation crab has already. We know that's. It says imitation crab, and it. You just spell. We've it accepted head. it into our diet. We know it's Pollock. I hate it. Imitation crab. I hate K Rab. Oh, K R A B. It's not. It's not good. It's not good. I hate okay. the ca- the fake California roll because blue crab, actual crab, is one of the most like decadent, oh, yes, sumptuous yeah. things you so could ever eat. Yeah, and it's expensive. Because it's hard to get it mm-hmm. and hard to serve it at the right time for the flavor. So, like getting that white crab, yeah, it's like it's not opaque. Like crab is not bone white like the fake crab. Yeah, it's 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 all mayo and uh, yeah, you know, cheap tricks. You know, smoking ears. Uh, yeah, well, the main thing that I wanted to I'll just edit out this dead air. Sorry. Um. So you're saying that, Danny, to to I find it very interesting that you said we should be a little less elitist about some of these fast food places because there are I mean, there's economic ramifications to some of this cultural ramifications. Right. right? There's just not good food in a lot of neighborhoods. And there are subways and McDonald's. And right. if it brings you nutrition and keeps you moving, how bad can right. it really ultimately be? Well, the in the short day? term it does, in but sh- probably yeah. in the long term it's you know. I mean, I think it's gives you. Cancer. I think it's obvious cancer, and, and yeah. it's it's not it's not a proven viable solution. But in the short term, you know, I think I think yeah, it's 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 very it's very elitist. Pro- probably, yeah. you know, five dollar foot long. That's fucking cheap, dude. I know, you know, and it's hard to be like because like me, like I know how to budget five dollars. Yeah. Fucking, you know, I could make a. I, I I pride myself on spending like a small amount of money on groceries and stuff, but like, not everybody worked in fucking kitchens for twelve years, and, and not like everybody has a nice things. Dutch oven. Not everybody has four hours to sink into a bowl. Cost money to do these things. Yeah, I said it once. I'll say it again. I shoplifted my entire spice rack: <laughs> bay leaves, cardamom seeds, <laughs> cinnamon sticks, uh, peppercorns. You name it, I have fucking walked out of a Ralph's with it. <laughs> and uh, that is just what I had to do and still continue to do 
to uh, get by. Well, yeah, I mean, so, uh, of all the things to shop with, food. I'm the spice. I'm the spice thief, baby. Food's great to shop with because that shit goes bad. <laughs> they're just they're just gonna put a bunch of it in a dumpster anyway. That's true. Also, Bailey's will right Bailey last a long time. Bailey's will last a long Some time. Some of these things also you like ten dollars for juniper berries. Not for me. It's not. I'm taking that shit. What else do I want to talk about? Oh yeah, Jane's. We've yes. been eating out a lot, getting a lot of takeout. There are oh, a yeah. lot of foods that are not. They're not great for takeout. I think a lot of restaurants have been uh, struggling for this reason, and then another, and then a bunch have just been blowing up huh. because yeah. they serve a great product. For instance, sandwich joints. I feel like are having a real, a real lucrative time right now. The sandwiches, um, uh, the sandwiches is just such a great um, idea. I mean, you're not going to beat that in a million lifetimes. The sandwich, but like what. Are what are some of the worst foods for takeout? I want to talk real quick about the best foods for takeout that I okay. I think are the best foods for takeout. I my wife and I uh, get a lot of Thai. There's a reason that you see Thai always mentioned right at the top of the list on Dash, uh, DoorDash, on Postmates, and all the Yelp. Okay. Not only is it a very visual food that like makes you hungry from looking at the aerial shot in an app and ordering it. I mean, Thai food is like vibrant and like like it's good for you and bad for you at the same time, the way that takeout needs to be. It's a great point. So you see these big broccolis and you're like, I can eat this. And then you also see these like pan fried gravy glass noodle things that are not good for you at all. Real quick. And you're like, I'm, I want this. One of the best things I've had since I've been back. I went to Rune Pear in Thai Town. Great Thai place. I got her. I heard their omelet with turnips is great. I'm like, omelet with turnips. Got it. This thing's fucking loaded with sugar and salt. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it was, it was deli- It was one of the best things I've eaten. Something uh, about the flavors of Thai are so punchy, and sweet and savory, and uh, oftentimes spicy. They they yeah. I, they use they use sugar well too. They use yeah, sugar so well. Um, what about that tamarind? Tamarind is such a great like sweetener. Yeah, you know what I mean, like things yeah. like those kinds of flavors. Because like I feel like in a lot of American food, you just like you got the white sugar, the brown sugar, honey, and then it like kind of stops there. It's like the things point. that can sweeten things. Yeah, and then in in Asian cuisines, you have all of these like really interesting, cool ingredients, cool sweeteners ingredients, and then they also, unlike a lot of American food, counterbalance those sugars with. Yeah, crazy peppers and spices for and sure, stuff, which you need to do, and also white rice uh, travels pretty well. It's not all it's white not, rice. It's, it's not all noodles. It's it's yeah. It doesn't reheat great. Um, although I do a little uh, splash of water and a covered pot on low, and that seems to give me great day two steamed rice. Interesting. Um, I, I, I like to get into a fried rice scenario on day two. Fried rice. We got a fried rice. I was craving a fried rice the other day, and I got that. And that. So it's things that kind of retain their heat, and also that they don't. Um, it's also the box that it comes in. Yeah. For some reason, Chinese, Thai, all of these these like cuisines, they figured out takeout. It's like, and that's almost the model of Chinese food. Like you don't dine oh, yeah. in with Chinese food almost ever, unless you're in Chinatown. You're eating like dim sum. You're eating like Chinese yeah. food. Yes. Yeah. But like Chinese American food always comes to you boxed. So it's like there are some cuisines that just have worked themselves into that direction. Now, things that to stay in the Asian direction, things that are not good, take out. 
mm-hmm. sushi. The clock is ticking on your fresh fish, and you, yeah, you need to eat that as soon as the guy is done smacking it in his palms and hands it to you over a bar. You need yeah. to go ahead and eat that hand roll. That's true, and that it does true. not travel well. But I mean, you know, a lot of sushi buffets. Have you ever hit up a all you can eat sushi buffet? I see. I'm not into that. I've I've been to my Pittsburgh days. Yeah, I've been to a few. That's actually where I would conduct a lot of business. I would meet up with other comedians yeah. and go to the all you can eat. God, I wish I can remember. I mean, what all called. you can eat sushi is one of like sashimi, right? Uh not. I mean, not it's always. all rolls. Yeah, it was all rolls. Yeah, all yeah. rolls. All yeah, like California roll and like you know, like oh caterpillar, you know. Yeah. But the conveyor belt places. I love conveyor no. belt sushi. No, 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 no. This was not a conveyor belt place. I love this... conveyor belt sushi. There's a there's a place in Little Tokyo. Yeah. And I love So that makes sense. Seeing those. But in yeah, the... those make sense because those are coming straight from the kitchen. In and the time in. that it would take. But also, wait, I mean, sugar fish. You get in a nice little box of yeah. sushi to go. See, here's the thing about. I'm sure it does have a, you know, expiration date, like a yeah. quick one. But things like Toro. I would imagine would be kind of okay room temperature. Really fatty things. I'm almost like well, that's pretty much fucking salami, which, right. you can, which, you, which you can leave out all goddamn. Day. But fat turns rancid, Danny, doesn't it? I mean, fat does not. Uh, there's a there's a timer. It can turn it can turn rancid if it's sitting in the sun. Maybe it can pick but up like, pick up weird flavors in the fridge. You see, know? I wish I knew more. But fish and you know uh, processed meats, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'll give you a good example. I went to. The famous place in New Orleans uh, for muffalettas. God, what's it called? Shit. Something grocer. Anyway, um, they wrap those things. They sit out room temperature. And they're just like, here you go. Yeah. I mean, all their stuff's like kind of room temperature. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That they're makes like, total sense to me. But they're loaded yeah. with salt. They're loaded with for preservatives. Sure. All yeah, of those things are pickled and and like yeah, shot to hell with point. preservatives. I, and with but, Japanese- I guess, but I guess fat, fat to me is also kind of a preservative but maybe I'm yeah wrong about, maybe i'm wrong about but that. i mean ramen does not ramen does not cut the, it's something about the clean cuisine of japanese food which is probably my favorite mm-hmm. probably my favorite food is japanese food and that's one thing that's kind of a bummer during this <laughs> pandemic all i want to do is eat japanese oh, yeah. food and ramen by the time it gets to your house the noodles are a lego brick swelled and yeah you can't eat if you get a big one and you get full. You can't finish it the next day because all of that pork fat congeals. And you have these big, you know, Dragon Quest looking <laughs> blobs on the top of it, and uh, it, it's a shame. It's something. It's something about those yeah. all those clean, indulgent Japanese flavors. You you need to eat, eat them right away. There you know? are certain experiences that, when you think about them, really make you yearn for the sit down experience at a restaurant. Robin's one. I got takeout from Room Pair the other day. I saw an aquarium inside the restaurant. Oh. I was like, I just want to sit next to a fucking aquarium. I know. At a restaurant. I would kill to wait 30 minutes for a table. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I'll do you one. I've been waiting a year for life. You know what I mean? I've been I'll, waiting for the moon. I'll do you one even even uh, better than the, the ramen scenario. A uh, restaurant that I love in Koreatown called Hamhung. Uh, they are, God, they're like an old school Korean joint. So the stuff they serve is for the old heads. Mm. A lot of their menu reflects that. And one of those dishes that the older generation loves is uh, cold noodle, uh, naemyeon. And 
that relies on a potato starch noodle. Okay. That they make the dough. The the dough goes through the noodle extruder right into boiling water. Yeah. And then it goes in, it goes into the broth. It's like a kimchi beef broth. And then there's a couple other things in there. Something you get pork or skate yeah. like fish and or chicken or whatever and a couple other things. And it comes in a cold metal bowl because the metal, you know, or like the stainless steel, whatever, you know, that keeps everything colder. So it's boils, and cooks, it, gets into a, a cold yeah. bath. Yes, immediately. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, ice bath. And then it gets mixed with... And so basically, you're eating cold soup. I'm telling you, on a hot fucking day, well, yeah. that is incredibly refreshing. You're always looking for a cold dish in the summer, in these, yeah. especially in these L.A. summers. Is cold and savory, though, I think is a tough thing for people to really get on board with in the America. Oh, yeah. They do a cold really? noodle at the Hawaiian. Uh, I wrote about this place, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something. And uh, the the photographer was also Korean. Uh, the editor was for Eater also. Uh-huh. And uh, we were done taking pictures of the food. And uh, I was like, I think I might jump in there. And they were like, well, I wouldn't. And I was like, what? They're like, oh, yeah, this dish is like ruined now. I'm like, what do you mean? And I talked to the owner and he's like, yeah, if you wait too long, you know, the noodles like swell up and it just gets yeah. a little gummy. But when you eat a potato starch noodle immediately, like it, that, it, it's, it's chewy in a way that you could never get through like gluten and flour. Interesting. And it, it's, it, you digest it so much better. You know, when you eat pasta and you're like, I'm a piece of shit and you just lay down for yeah, an yeah, hour. Yeah. You don't get that at all. You don't also, get the bulgur blues. No. And also think about what happens too. You know, if you ever peeled a potato or cut it and then you leave it out and it turns brown immediately. Yeah. As soon as that noodle oxidizes yeah. in the air, it's fucking done. So like you need yeah. you need to eat it immediately. And I feel so bad for the owner right now, Sam, um, because the people that want cold noodles, he's like, I literally cannot do it to go. Yeah. People will complain. So his stew game is really on point. Yeah. I got, I got a, a pork neck and potato stew from there. That sounds awesome. Last week. And pork neck is just so gelatinous. Yeah. And there's all the collagen. And you're like, there's technically bones in your soup. So you have to pick it up and like gnaw on it. But it like, yeah. I can't think of a more filling combination than potatoes and pork neck. I don't know. I was really impressed. I was yeah. like, wow, that's cool. Like that soup had to be good just out of necessity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you're yeah. so fucked because you can't do your cold noodle. <laughs> So you had I'm to like, master something yeah. that travels. Right, right. Um, fried chicken. Fried chicken. Oh, yeah. This is a bad year for fried chicken. It's a bad year for fried, fried chicken. Fried chicken's got to come in fries. They got to come straight. Fuck. That's we a were, great point. We were lucky to... We were in Glendale for a lot of this year, and we were five minutes from the Cheesecake Factory, and we got Cheesecake Factory. Take, right. We got really lucky with those little sliders like the, the fried chicken sliders with the little fries. There weren't a lot of places that would deliver fried chicken in under 12 minutes. You know what I mean? So that you could actually enjoy it yeah. for being fried. Yeah. And it, it, that's one of those things that sucks about the fried chicken thing. And fries. You want, you want to pick out on fries when you're depressed? It's mostly the fries because the chicken, could, the the chicken could reheat. The chicken could reheat maybe even a little well. You could um you could put it in a toaster oven or something. It would respond well to it in an oven. Fries though, I fries feel like can't really survive the oven reheat. No, they never do. You'll no. never get them. Fries are. I always think I'm gonna be able to cube them and throw them in a, in a hash thing. Oh God, no! And it doesn't. 
Oh. It never is going to be what you I want. They go, just James. soak up all the oil. And you, they double oil. You get conflicting oil flavors. You got you to gotta let go. You just got to let go you of those fries. They're done. You got to let go of those fries. Or you got to learn to love cold-ass fries. Not good. Not good. Never good. No. There's. I don't think there's anything savable. Once, once fries turn cold, you can't. In no. most other fried things, you could probably save. If they could have done a French fri- French fry lunchable by now, they would have, Danny. There would be a French fry lunchable because kids <laughs> love fries. That is very true. And they, that is there's very a reason true. that you haven't They've seen it. They've never been able to do it. Never been able to do it. It has to come out of some shitty sports bar. They figured out how to do a lunchable pizza, and I ate it and loved it. It was basically just well, a very loose interpretation of a pizza. Yeah, it was more. It was a. It was, it was like more a, of a cracker with tomato. It paste. was a big <laughs> water biscuit <laughs> with a sort of uh, MRE bruschetta, uh, something a something a guy would uh, eat on a on a fob in Afghanistan uh, <laughs> that said spaghetti dinner on it, uh, I, with some slices of uh, cold pepperoni. Disgusting. Disgusting. And I used to eat that happily. And read about the Pokemon on the back of the box. <laughs> I think this is a good way to kind of finish up this segment. But going from fries, I was going to say that all fried food, pretty much, you wouldn't, like mozzarella sticks, if they're not coming to you hot on a plate, I mean, you can eat the, it's just going to be solid. It's going to be solid. It's going to be solid. Onion rings? I think most fried things... <sighs> It's a bad time for fried calamari. It is. If you wanted fried calamari and it comes to you in a to-go box yeah. and it took 40 minutes to get there, that calamari is now shit. It's a bad year for shrimp. Soggy. It's a bad year for shrimp. Is it a bad, bad year for, for shrimp? shrimp. I, yeah, I love shrimp and it's a bad year for shrimp. Fried you got to make it at home. Fried shrimp, very easy to do at home. I think that's a- I think so. I think, I think mozzarella sticks and fries You need are, a deep fryer for-, for you, can sh- you, can sh- you can shallow fry fried shallow. shrimp pretty easy i mean if you have a small cast iron pan pot see what i what i have trouble with with home frying is keeping the oil at a steady good temperature i suck at building heat that's what you're always talking to me about is building heat and i can never it's all about it's all about building i never like i'm trying to learn i'm trying to be like chef ramsey where he just touches something and he's like that is fucking raw i'm trying to be my own laser thermometer and put my hand over a pan and be like, okay, we're ready for stuff now. I try to do the water droplet and I like watch how the water droplet dances and I know what temperature it is. Water? Oh. Yeah, that's one of those things. Oh, you okay, drop a, okay. I thought you were putting a little bit of water in the oil and I was like, don't do no, that. It'll explode. Danny, no. uh, I'm yeah. not a moron. But yeah, home frying is difficult. It, it, and I, you know, a shallow fry. I've got an air fryer now. I got one of those, we got one of those uh, Ninja brand things. Okay. I know you're it's called It's called Ninja brand? Ninja, it's the Ninja Foodie. It's called a Foodie, and it's a five-in-one device. Is it called a Foodie? It's called a Foodie with with no e at the end. And uh, this is like a line of Ninja appliances. Because remember, Ninja I think did a a little blender thing first, and then they moved they into these other things. That's how I know the name. That's how you know the name. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, and now we have this, you know, air fryers. They say air crisper because we got to be liberal now, and we can't say that things are fried. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but like uh, this thing is like a air fryers are very popular right now. This is a very popular home device. The most popular home kitchen. And it's appliance. just basically a easy bake oven, right? It's basically just like a quick convection. I don't really right? know. Because I think I that's what it is. It's don't just, really. Just superheats super fast. All right. But and with no oil is what's important. 
Well, yeah, that's why people say it's, but it's it's almost like it's like a controlled broil or something. I don't really totally understand, but it's convection heat. It. it, it I believe it that it works. Uh, I, I I will always I make good be- stuff with it, but I use oil. I will always prefer. I use it to heat oil. You know, I don't want to use an instant pot. I mean, part of the reason too is I live in a studio apartment and I don't have room for all this shit. And also, see, these are devices. I'm a romantic. For I like stirring polenta for a half yeah. half hour because I'm sick in the fucking head. <laughs> I made polenta earlier tonight, and right. I sat there and I stirred it for a half hour, and I was like, yeah. this is "So much fucking work. Why am I doing this?" Yeah, and it was really good. I, be- I, love, I, I believe in the, I believe in the labor. I definitely believe in the I labor. Air fried tofu is changed me. It really did. Air fried tofu is like so good. It's, it's this I mean, relative to tofu. Well, fried tofu is amazing. These are these are devices for lifestyles. And you have a specific right. lifestyle when it comes to food. It's you're, true. you're not the kind of person who needs a hot, quick, delicious tofu. But there are plenty of vegans who do need help getting tofu edible. At a certain point, I'm going to have to make some of these concessions when I'm writing recipes. Right. Because I'm like, hey, you need to make a chicken stock. And people are like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well then like, stop reading my recipes, shithead. <laughs> because I'm making you do that. And I'm like, I need... Uh, I need to probably. I even saw a, a Jay Kenji Lopez alt uh, recipe yeah. where he's like, take a chicken broth and add some gelatin into it, and that'll get you the, the oh, some the literal nice, jello. The, yeah, the, the nice gelatinous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicken stock that you want for this dish, and I was like, I know you don't want to do that, but you did that because you know the people watching this are not going to make their own chicken stock. I'm like, I should probably start thinking about things like that, or just be like very unabashedly like, no, you got it has to. There has to be pain. <laughs> I think it's your you know, personality to I, be a little bit of an asshole about it and maybe. to like make people do the things from scratch. I want people to think about these things. I don't uh, I want to be chicken stock makes his own chicken stock guy. You don't think I have a big freezer gallon bag full of bones and cheeks and giblets like I'm going to do something with them? I never do. Do you? Do you? I save when I get like a rotisserie chicken. I'm like, oh, I can make a stock from all of this leftover bullshit, and then I never do anything with it. You know what? I, okay, I'm going to give you a piece of advice right yeah, now. Sure. The next time you go to a shitty grocery store, I love it. The Johns in yeah. Little Armenia. Yeah. Or maybe it's a Vons. I don't know. It's a Johns. First of all, I've robbed this place blind for their spices, but it's my favorite grocery store. And they, uh, because they always have parts. They always have parts. chicken parts, pig parts, yeah. lamb parts, turkey parts, chicken feet. Just get fucking chicken feet. Chicken it's feet. disgusting, but they, and they look disgusting and they, they're like real flimsy and shit. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But there's uh, so much there's cartilage. There, yeah. I used probably five pounds of chicken carcass and then, I don't know, half of a package of chicken feet. And that was some of the most fucking gelatinous stock. I've ever had. If you just keep it in your freezer, because I'm sure it'll freeze for months, yeah, and use it half at a time. If you're now, making chicken stock, are you getting like an ice cream scooper and like literally getting it like ice cream? Oh, and dropping it, it you in? wouldn't need to. No, a, sp- a spoon because it's not it's not rough. It's just very jelloey. Right. That's know? what I'm saying. Is yeah. like it, I imagine you like you like get out these like quenelles of. <laughs> Of uh, Quinell. Of, of, wow, uh, you've been watching a lot of pack. Iron Chef. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. You get you get yeah. you, when you like scoop. See, that's what yeah. you can do with things that you have refrigerated. Like when you have forced fat to congeal again. When I made uh, I made bolognese, it it, it overnight because there was so much chicken stock and it turned into a pate. <laughs> and I was putting it on bread. I was I was very depressed that's yesterday. I was very depressed, that's and I was like, you. "This has to do with the amount of Wonder Bread and uh, meat sauce I have been eating." <laughs> and 
Oh, yeah. Shield. You can't eat a sauce as an entree. Well, <sighs> sorry, Danny. You just can't. All right. I'll, I'll, you know what, James? I'm going to answer to God and not you. Pimento hey. cheese is not. Pimento a dish. cheese. It must be put, it must be paired with something. I feel like on this side, I feel like on this podcast, we're going to be wrong about a lot of things uh, and then maybe right about a few. Yeah. And I think, I think that you could be very right about a pimento cheese. I think we might see that resurgence, or I think as soon as Carl's Jr. brings in that somebody, cheese burger, somebody, uh, because there is there's already sort of a fad with the pimento cheese cheeseburger, and uh, listen, the South already knows about it, and it's like you know, the rest of the country does. They'll start putting it on. Fried chicken is like the the chicken sandwich had a big last few years, right? Mm-hmm. So. That's what I think. That I think people are going to be looking for things to shore up the chicken sandwich menus everywhere. Right. They're going to be like, well, what are the things that you eat with a chicken sandwich? They might actually start thinking through their coleslaw. So many people just give me the <laughs> nastiest coleslaw. Yeah. I want you they to think, think about, about what's in the coleslaw. Yeah. I want you to. Wow. What a very. And pimento cheese is one of those. It's one of those. It's it's one of the banchan. To use a Korean word, yeah, of southern yes. southern food. It's one of the little cold salads. Southern banchan. <laughs> it's a, it's pimento a, cheese. That's what it is. You got your little thing of potato salad and coleslaw. That's what it is. They're banchan. Yeah, that's, that's true. what they are. And you have your meat. That's what a meat and three is. Imagine if you sat down at a fusion restaurant that was southern and Korean, and the this is our southern banchan. Oh, you mean a, a, a soul food restaurant, Danny? Is that what you're <laughs> no, saying? No, I mean like a full like no so, a, soul. A full like a soul. Oh, soul. Oh, soul. God. Fuck you. God. That was good. And uh, you could do it bad. because Korean food is one of the Asian cuisines that incorporates dairy, and so much of Southern food is clotted creams and cheeses. And Someone's gonna get. You know who's gonna get in on this? Darden, the Darden restaurant. Oh, yeah, they will. Oh, those bastards. God, you'll love it. Everyone, if you don't know who Darden is, just look at the back of a gift card your aunt gave you for your (laughs) birthday. You're going to see the word Darden, and you're going to be like, oh, I don't. Are they Island Burgers? Are they Tony Roma's? Are they Macaroni Grill? Are they Longhorn Steakhouse? Are they Red Lobster? In spirit, they're all of it. They're all, man. They're all of it. All right, everybody, that was episode one of the Macaroni Zone. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going to be doing this every week. My name is Danny Palumbo. You can follow me at Palumbros, P-A-L-U-M-B-R-O-S, on Instagram and Twitter. And James, where can people... Barnchon. Barnchon. I'm trying to do a thing Is that your new Twitter handle No, I'm saying I'm trying to, like... I'm still trying to think of Southern puns with Korean barbecue things. You nailed it with Seoul Restaurant. Okay. Barn. Okay. Uh, You can find me at Shrimp J-A-J. That's my favorite protein, followed by my initials. I'm James Austin Johnson. Find me at Shrimp Jadge on Twitter and Instagram, uh, as well as Twitch. I play video games sometimes on Twitch. And uh, on Cameo, I will scream as Donald Trump uh, at your uncle, uh, which people have me do. That is one of my things that I do. And uh, also my Venmo is comedy of Jadge if uh, you want to give me money in exchange for a picture of the bottom of my feet. Wow. I've never never offered that. 
if you're listening at home, a lot of options. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, uh, like and subscribe and, uh, you know, tweet about it. You know, whatever you do these days. Uh, all right. Thank you so much. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone. The Macaroni Zone.